All right, we are going to start today's session with a conversation with Ashish Jain from Three Lines Ventures. Ashish, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Shramana. Pleased to be here. Well, let's uh, first and foremost get you introduced to our audience. Tell us a little bit about yourself and Three Lines. All of a sudden. So, Three Lines is an early stage uh, software technology venture fund. Uh, it's a startup in itself. Uh, we started about three years ago. I joined the fund about nine months ago. Uh, I was at GE Ventures before that, uh, running the AI accelerator at GE, incubating industrial mm -hmm. Ford Auto uh, companies. And um, we'll talk more about uh, Three Lines. Uh, as I said, uh, the software technology fund, uh, we are cross-border investing both in US as well as India. And um, we are seed through Series A uh, kind of investments. So we are a startup. All the partners actually have considerable uh, operating as well as entrepreneurships as well as incubation experience. So, so, so the okay. partners are not, not, not newbies, but the fund is relatively new with the, the Sorry, go ahead. How big is the fund? So we have uh, around 10 million under management right now, and uh, we are actively raising our second fund, uh, expect a close of about $50 million fairly soon. And we have the initial tranche already identified. Okay, and um, talk about geography. You said um, you do cross-border India and US. Does it mean all of India and uh, all of US, and are you, where, where exactly are you, you know, are your physical presences? Yes, no, that's very, uh, that's very important part of our investment hypothesis. So we are looking behind Silicon Valley for sure, especially mm -hmm. for early stage. Uh, you know, we believe that uh, there are tremendous opportunities, uh, exceptional founders outside uh, emerging now, partly because of incubators and accelerators, how they are, they're growing. So we are about 10 innovation clusters or innovation hubs, you may want to call them, um, between US and India. So we do get deals from everywhere, obviously, but majority of our investments are uh, in US. We are doing a lot in Boston, New York, Dallas, Denver, some from Silicon Valley for sure. In India, it's, it's Bangalore, uh, Northern India, as well as Hyderabad. So, so we are focusing on about 10 innovation hubs, and uh, we actually have a very strong uh, individual LP presence uh, uh, in these hubs. So we try to stay ahead of the deal flow and improve our deal flow by actively engaged with the early stage innovation and exploration and uh, incubation. And where um, are the general partners located? So we are a distributed team. I'm uh, based out of uh, New York City. And my other two partners, uh, Kamlesh Devedi and uh, Krishna Kunapali, they are based out of Denver, Colorado. Okay, very good. That gives us an idea. So let's, the next thing I want to do is define seed. So uh, I'm sure you are observing how the ecosystem has evolved. You know, in, in the mid 90s, when venture capital started to become hot with the advent of the internet, there was seed and there was series A. Now the picture is very different. 25 years later, there is you know, pre-seed, seed, post-seed, pre-series A, small-series A, large-series A. 
So where in that continuum do you position yourself? Uh, no, you're absolutely right. There has been a tremendous amount of innovation, both in terms of uh, you know venture investment instruments as well as uh, you know the definition and the and amount of capital which is available, resulting in yeah. you know rounds getting bigger and things like this. So yeah, uh, for us, seed means a company with a team, a product, traction with initial customers, and about half a million dollar in revenue. In an valuation okay. term, you know, it could it could be a broad val- valuation, but around eight million kind of valuation is what we would consider as a seed. Uh, again, these are prototypical examples. There are uh, tremendous amount of variations in this. To and what size, are, um, what size checks are you writing in that scenario? For seed, we typically are going to make about seven hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars as part of our seed investment. Uh, again, typical. It could really go as low as hundred thousand, and it could be slightly more in in many cases, based on valuation and how much we like the firm and what kind of uh, value we can provide to the firm. That's really what guides not not as much valuation as as much as what kind of value we can provide besides the capital. So once okay, we determine so that, we we take a much bigger round for some of them. Let's pursue that a bit. Um, what? kinds of ventures, what kinds of, what sectors, what styles of ventures do you think you add the most value to and hence what you're looking to invest in? Certainly. So, yes, so we are a technology fund. We absolutely are lovers of technology. We are, we are techno geeks. So we invest in uh, three broad disruptive areas. One is, um, you know, exceptional founders and companies in um, all related to future of work. As we know, this is uh, you know how the workforce is changing all the way from HR practices to coaching to you know uh, the entire uh, you know hiring uh, with the gig economy coming. So we are investing a lot in the future of work. Second mm-hmm. one is around industry 4.0. That's a white space in our view right now. Uh, lots of focus have been gone towards enterprise, but we, Industry 4.0 is really coming about, um, and partly that's really what I was doing at GE, so we have a lot of expertise around that. And and that is what you call Industry 4.0 is the industrial space in general, the yes. IoT industrial kind of... Yes, IoT is certainly, uh, industrial IoT is certainly part of it, supply chain, logistics, digitization, yeah. dig- digitalization, automation, all aspects of... Mm-hmm. So that's what Industry 4.0 means to us. And the third one clearly is AI-enabled enterprises, right? All the way from automating workflows to personalization to improving experience, user experience. So these are really the three broad areas. We are really pretty much vertical agnostic, though we will not go in verticals we don't understand. So for example, biotechnology, therapeutics is not what we do. Uh, mm-hmm. But there are, we have a broad understanding of the verticals between our initial LPs and the advisors and the GPs. Mm-hmm. So, but so, so we are a technology-focused fund, as I said, around the three broad areas uh, we cover. Now, um, talk about a few of your investments. Maybe do a couple of uh, case studies, and and specifically, what I'm looking to do is um, have you talk about the investment, the company, what they do, and specifically about when you encountered them. What did they have, and what what was it about these companies that attracted you and, and you, you know, pulled the trigger invest, to invest in the companies? 
Yeah, no, uh, yeah, that actually uh, is, is uh, will exemplify our investment hypothesis, actually. So let's, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll go over our three recent investments. So the first one we invested in is a company called SOAR, S-O-A-R, mm -hmm. and that's really a future of work, uh, part of our future of work. So the company provides AI-enabled uh, coaching and mentoring. Mm -hmm. And the work the company is doing is actually based on some very foundational and fundamental work which happened in organizational psychology and industrial psychology mm -hmm. uh, uh, based on finding individual strengths and then trying to complement a program around, you know, some human, you know, individuals, uh, you know, core strength. So the founder, Paul Allen, is a repeat entrepreneur. He was the founder of Ancestry.com and family links, so he had a two exits, and now he's building a world-class team or advisors to essentially allow you know, people to assess their strengths and then using AI and content, which is now available uh, in, in a digital format, to really provide them you know, 24 by seven kind of an environment to learn, mentor in a one-on-one -on -one setting, as well as in an AI-assisted setting. So this this is again we try to get ahead of the deal flow. So you know Paul connected through our LP network with us. Uh, you know he wanted to build a very special company uh, with very special you know capital structure, and we were very flexible about that. That's one of the reasons why we could connect with Paul. And, what is special uh, about the capital structure? Uh, you know, we can talk about it. Uh, there is a, certainly a trend towards bigger and bigger funds going forward. And Paul was very concerned about making sure that early investors and early employees, uh, you know, continue to have, uh, because we, we are taking faith in it. We are an early stage in, you know, fund, as, as you know. And so how do we protect the invest, uh, interests of the early stage investors? So he has done some very clever, as I want to say clever, something very um, foundational, I would say, plus, uh, you know, we, we, we believe him. So he has created, uh, you know, class structures, which we were very comfortable with. I'm not sure how many other VC firms would become, would become comfortable with those, but we believe in the team, we believe in what they are doing, and we were very happy with the kind of class structures he has created. We were, so, so we went ahead and invested in, in his company. And in this and, case, in this case, did it uh, come with the half a million dollar revenue that you um, said you look for in such investments? Yes. So operationally, uh, they're pretty close. I'm, I, I, I don't look at the, uh, from a deal flow side, our deal, deal screening council actually looks at some of those. So I don't know the exact number, but yes, uh, they had uh, a lot of traction and uh, they were they are actually con right, kind of continuing to work with some of the largest training and coaching platform uh, services companies to really have a b2b2c kind of a relationship so yes this this company okay. was we were, we were quite comfortable with the stage they were in interesting and and what is the trend that you're seeing in the in this case of course you have a serial entrepreneur who has had two exits so presumably he has money um, so is this a founder bootstrapping with his own money to that extent and then raising money after reaching a certain amount of revenue traction? Yes, so Paul is the class of founders uh, who's really bootstrapped quite a bit. And um, uh, again, he was looking for like-minded investors. 
who really believed in cause, it's definitely impact as well as for profit. And as I said, we see tremendous value going forward as workforce gets more diverse, more geographically, you know, distributed, and the human the human resource practices really adapt to to really cater to such a workforce. We believe that this company is going to be foundational, and uh, his philosophy, his experience, um, we just loved it. Okay, very good. And the company is based where? The company uh, is, uh, most of the key employees are actually based out of Utah, Colorado. I'm oh, sorry, Utah, yes. Mm-hmm. Utah. Interesting. Utah is producing a lot of very good companies, and, and Utah has an excellent culture of bootstrapping. So uh, we have seen a lot of successes out of Utah. Uh, yeah, no, uh, we are exactly seeing the same thing. As I said in the beginning, um, uh, Silicon Valley is a great place, but uh, we are seeing phenomenal founders coming from everywhere right now. This is this is the and time for our. This thing becomes so expensive. Silicon Valley has become so expensive, so you can't really hire a lot of people in Silicon Valley anymore. It's, it's, um, it's yeah, right. So with, with the rise of the mega firms, and if you are a pure growth-oriented rocket ship building kind of a company where you really want to escape uh, by sheer capital, uh, I guess you would go there. But we are looking for you know founders who are passionate uh, companies which are going to have impact and uh, you know you know they really yeah. really cannot play that game of hiring with you know heavy duty salaries and and trying to compete with you know Google and Apple and Facebook for talent that's just not a playable game for small firms. Uh, you want to exactly. do another example of right. another investment that gives us some insight into your thinking. Yeah, so let's take one from India. So we talked about India as a, uh, I would not even call it emerging anymore because it's come of age. It has emerged. We'll talk about, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, exactly. I'll talk about uh, Arzu. I, I call, we call it India is going to innovation 3.0 right now. So innovation 1.0 is, was all around business process outsourcing. Innovation 2.0 was IT services company, as you saw. And now we are really talking about innovation 3.0 because like these founders are looking beyond just replicating, you know, you know, like a like a fast follower of companies which are successful here, and are now looking into supply chain and looking into you know platforms for IoT, uh, you know, for EV kind of uh, vehicles, automation, automation of uh, you know the the supply chain. So Arzu is one of them. It's uh, ARZ as in zebra with three O's. It's uh, again, uh, they are ex Flipkart uh, employees. They saw an opportunity to digitalize the supply chain on for the B2B retail, and they are executing it perfectly. So, so we, mm-hmm. we really love that team. Uh, India, as uh, as many would know, has gone through some macro changes around tax structure. You know how taxation happens in India. Demonetization actually resulted in more. Uh, you know, I would say, you know, the digital economy has oh, okay. really picked up. Yeah. yeah. So again, uh, they have a SaaS platform. Uh, you know, started with uh, three or four cities, and expanding almost literally on a weekly basis. So, so this is this is another example for for us. Uh, you know, great founders, very passionate, great experience, and tremendous growth area for Your us. Are doing uh, ventures that are 
India-based ventures facing the Indian market? Yes, so that's, uh, you know, again, uh, we are, we do, as, our, as part of our portfolio construction, uh, we are certainly going to look for companies, India for India kind of companies, but we are also going to really look for India for global kind of companies because uh, we can add a lot more value to those portfolio companies uh, besides just providing capital. So okay. we have not yet, but we are certainly looking with a very advanced stages of certain deals where those entrepreneurs are essentially, uh, you know, repla replacing a lot of legacy systems using IoT and mobile and voice first kind of platforms. And they would really scale globally very, very well. So yes, so both India for India as well as India for the world. Uh, we are investing in both of those types. Okay. So, um... I have a slightly different question, which is, uh, you know, uh, which is a question that I ask people who are running small funds. You know, the micro VC trend is very hot right now, and, and there's a lot of innovation happening uh, in the small venture capital fund category. Um, there is a class of VCs that are still purely chasing unicorns. They want to go from zero to hundred million dollars in five to seven years, billion dollar uh, TAM, etc. But there is a class of funds that are looking at small capital efficient ventures and, and potentially seek early exits. What can you comment on this trend and where do you sit in that spectrum? Um, yeah, I think it's a, you know, so our current fund is, uh, you know, our investment uh, thesis is uh, uh, not for early exits. So we want to be true to our investment hypotheses and want to be true to our LPs. We don't want to play loose and fast. So we are currently not investing in those companies. However, having said that, uh, you know... Uh, I'm going to push back for Ashish. I'm going to push back. I don't think the people who are doing small capital efficient ventures and seeking early exits are not being true to their limited partners. That is a that is an allusion that I have to push back on. It's it's an inappropriate allusion. It all depends upon your how you have you know your portfolio construction hypothesis and what have you told your LPs in terms of your timeline. That's right. So they have told their LPs that that's what they're going to do. So they're not being untrue to their LPs. That's precisely what I'm saying. I'm not saying they are being untruthful. I'm saying that we don't want to be untruthful to our LPs because that's not what we yeah, have why would you, be, you, you raise a fund on the basis of an investment thesis. I'm asking you for that investment thesis. So obviously, you, I assume that your LPs buy into that investment thesis. Correct, exactly. So I'm saying that as part of the investment thesis, small early exits are not part of our investment thesis. Not part of your investment thesis. So that's that's what, that was my like question. Your yeah. traditional fund that is looking for the traditional venture dynamics. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Now, right. uh, we Go certainly ahead. see a family of funds. So one of the things I, I will just add is having said that, we believe in uh, early stage, early exits kind of fund. And as a part of our uh, sort of what the brand and the platform we are building, we certainly expect to have a fund which is exclusively going to be focused on early exits. Actually, we're planning to actually have a fund which is going to actually focus on innovation plus, which is going to go all the way and seed innovation. So those are all we have planned to do, but I answered you in the context of the fund which we are running right Current now. Fund. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right, so um, I think we understand uh, the fund, and uh, you know, one of the reasons why I do these things of inviting um, investors to come and talk to me as well as to our 
community, and, and then we obviously have this available in the community for people to refer to is so that we can start working together. So this, you know, is the beginning of hopefully a longer relationship and uh, we'll start looking at deals together and so forth. I think you're doing a great service, uh, and uh, I now that I know more about it, uh, it's being virtual and uh, starting a dialogue, especially around the trends and, and what you just uh, mentioned. It helps with the LP education as well, I would say, because a lot of LPs, yeah. family offices are, you know, don't quite value what it goes into a portfolio construction hypothesis, for example. Uh, in my view, you have my, to have an investment thesis. If you cannot exactly. just go blindly spray and pray. You have to have an investment thesis. Otherwise, it will not right. be successful. And in, in our yeah. view, the GPs on their keep. I mean, a lot of people have deal flows. There are two places where the GPs on their keeps. One is getting ahead of the deal flow and not following it. And number two is uh, how sophisticated is your portfolio construction hypothesis. You know, yeah. uh, that's really where we are. And uh, I'm glad uh, actually that it helps our cause quite a bit. So I appreciate you doing this.